This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Jetson's there, Billy Head. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Christopher Schindler. A chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Good evening and welcome to the Andy Takes That Chub. Chance podcast. Uh, the Easter Bunny has been and he's left some lovely Easter eggs for Huddersfield Town fans everywhere. A first win in 36 years in Middlesbrough's Town cut through the smog, a reappearance of Nabby Moore, Harry Toffolo turning into a goal machine and a microphone for our beleaguered podcaster Dan Pozza Porritt. We're going with a power trio today as Cozzy is rolling eggs down a hill somewhere. Uh, joining me, Matt Shaw, is Johnny Gillespie and a very audible Dan Pozza Porritt. Poz, Give the people what they want. You've got a microphone. The Easter Bunny's been. How do you sound? Take it away. Oh, I sound great, Matt. I'm living the dream tonight. <laughs> that is no online. So we've got some people, 25 people watching online. So well, good evening, everybody. What a great day it's been as well for everyone. Um, Poz, um, let's, let's, uh, let us know how Poz sounds. Uh, so good evening to everyone. And let us know in the comments as well what you thought of today's game against Middlesbrough and, and Huddersfield Town. And we'll read out the best ones uh, towards the end as well. So thanks for everybody for joining us. Uh, right. So, right. My Alexa's going off. I said absolutely nothing like that, but never mind. Uh, right. Okay, guys. So this episode is sponsored by Magic Rock Brewing. If you use the code AHTTC10 at checkout on magicrockbrewing.com, you'll get 10% off your uh, lovely orders. And I believe it's still free delivery for anything over £40 as well. So uh, if you guys need your goodness for the, uh, the run-in this season, then what better place to look than Magic Rock? Right, guys, let's get fired in. What a game. What a day. Middlesbrough nil, Huddersfield Town 2. 
Johnny, I don't think you were born when Huddersfield last won in Middlesbrough, which, you know, and Poz, I think oof, it's close. I was, you know, knee-eye to a grasshopper. You know, it's it's a long, long time uh, since we actually did anything there. We've never actually won at the Riverside either. So, you know, we mentioned a few weeks ago, didn't we? Carlos was a bit of a ghost buster. You know, he's, uh, he's you know, out there, you know, with his protein, proton pack, you know, uh, getting rid of ghosts left, right, centre this season. And he's got rid of another one. Uh, exercise ghost, I should say. Um, absolutely fantastic result today. Um Let's have a look at the the system as well, because it, it was a bit of a surprise, wasn't it, when we lined up? We've got Oliver Turton, you know, playing as a right centre-back. Pippa came in, you know, you saw Pippa and Turton on the same team sheet and you were thinking, no, oh, this is a little bit different. Uh, Levi Colwell injured, I'll, I'll be honest. When I saw Levi Colwell and Danny Ward both injured, my heart sank a little bit because, you know, Danny Ward has been an absolute colossus for us this season uh, and Levi Colwell, you know, especially with Matt Pearson out at the back as well, you just thought, oh, these injuries are just coming at the wrong, wrong time for us here. But, you know, the response by the team was absolutely fantastic. You should never really doubt this this group of players either. Do you know, when even when someone's out, people step in and Nabisar has stepped up wonderfully well over the course of the last week. You know, so this three five one one system, you know, Nabi played on the left. Uh, Nabi usually, you know, he, he has a, a sketchy game, doesn't he, on the left-hand side, but absolutely none of that today. It was absolutely fantastic. Um, in that back three, Tom Lee's in the middle, Oliver Turton played as more of a, you know, it was really strange actually because Oli Turton played on the right but he was more of the spare man and Tom Lees did more of the sort of man marking on, on Spira. Um, and then town played absolutely wonderfully on the, on the counter and Jordan Rhodes up front with uh, Sauber Thomas just off him. And, and do you know what? It, it worked absolutely wonderfully uh, paused in it that, you know, it's um, it was just the absolute perfect away performance. You could say. Fantastic mate. Yeah. I must admit I would very similar to yourself. I not so much with um, Cole injured and Saar coming in because, you know, I think Saar is, I think they would have given him as much credit as he probably deserves. Maybe Saar, yeah, he'd make some, you know, ridiculous choices at points and, you know, your heart is in your mouth. But he is a, he is a pretty, you know, decent defender for, for this level. So I weren't too concerned by that. But very much like yourself, Matt, with Ward not playing, I were, I were really concerned about that because we sort of, sort of shoved uh, Thomas up front, uh, QPR, and it didn't really work. I've seen Rhodes play up front um, by himself a couple of times, and that that's not really worked. So um, I were a little bit sort of cautious and a little bit, you know, downbeat on on going into it, looking at who we're missing. But as you say, the system itself that we did play um, kind of, you know, worked really, really well. Saw the Justin behind Rhodes and. I don't know what's happened to Rhodes over this last week or so, but he must have sort of turned back time because he was like Jordan Rhodes of old today. Where, like you know, Cher. That's how, that's how I remember him. I, I've told my kids about how good Jordan Rhodes were and they must have think I've gone by me because they've not seen anything like that from him since he's you know, sort of come back. And, you know, when he put that ball in today, when that ball was slipped through to him, you know, even on his left side, you kind of only, you kind of knew there were only one outcome when that ball fell to him and, you know, 2-0 and, you know, fantastic you know, to, to be able to sort of go into the last, you know, 20 minutes or so with, you know, looking comfortable, really. Um, I don't think Borough really threatened us at, at any point. Um, so absolute massive credit there to Carlos for, for changing that. I've always sort of looked at Town Squad and thought that sort of system would work. You know, there's, there's the three centre-halves and the two wing-backs. Um, we, we seem to have sort of toyed with it in bit part this season, but... You know, we sort of set up like that today, or that's how it showed it on Sky and maybe before the match, you know, the setup and yeah, every credit to everybody, it worked really well. Um, you know, start second half had a few people, you know, as he's chatting as match goes on and stuff, you know, we're sitting a bit deep, we're sitting a bit deep. But again, we never really looked threatened and we are we, we look really threatening actually playing on the bit on the break. 
Um, you know, Karoma today could have had at least a couple if his finishing had been a little bit quicker and a little bit better. Um, so it could have been even more comfortable than than what it was at two 0 So yeah, a, a great, a great, um, a great away day. Um, and you know, I know we're going to come to talk about QPR, but um, you know, after that performance where we looked a little bit slow, a little bit off the pace, it were you know really nice to see that reaction. Uh, and I think we've done that a couple of times this season. Now we've we've had a game where, you know, we maybe not have been at as best, and you start to think, oh, you know, the you know we've got tired legs out there, have we kind of run as race already? And then we followed it up with a with a great performance, um, and that that's what happened today. So, yeah, literally cannot be more pleased with you know with Carlos and how he set up, and you know the the players that were out on the pitch that you know got the result, and yeah, a brilliant brilliant Easter Monday for us. What a great time to score as well, Johnny, because it was just at a time when Middlesbrough had started to knock a little bit, wasn't it? And, you know, Sorber Thomas had, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Sorber's injury and the possible ramifications of that in, in a little while. But, you know, Middlesbrough had just started to press a little bit more, hadn't they, and come back further into the game because Town had them at arm's length, really. And then Town scored at the perfect time because, you know, as I say, goals change games, don't they? And this this certainly did. And it's Sorber Thomas had taken a real sort of clattering um, I think it was Mark Bowler, wasn't it? The, the left back. And, you know, it was innocuous. You know, there's nothing nothing really wrong with the challenge. It's just one of those impact injuries, isn't it? And uh, and Sauber, you know, I thought what was really great about this is you watch Jordan Rhodes' run as well. He starts really on the left-hand side looking really disinterested and he just kind of walks around the whole back of it, doesn't he? Until he finds himself in space at the back. Sauber's seen it. You know, he has a word with Sauber uh, and then just you know walks around like he's completely disinterested at the back. Uh, and then all of a sudden his run comes, but it's the ball from Sauber as well. That it's such a you know Johnny, we, you know we've all played, haven't we? Uh, you know, okay level, uh, and you know the ball from Sauber is really good because it's really easy to whip a ball. Well, easy, but it's it's easier to whip a ball, isn't it, into the box? But to stand it up and curl it like that, so it just sort of stops for Jordan Rhodes. It's a you know especially when you're so straight as well, sort of twenty five yards out, and you don't have that angle to whip it. You know, it was a really fantastic ball to the far post. Jordan Rhodes, really unselfish. You know, he, you know, a lot of players would have tried to head it from a silly angle, but, you know, he's seen Naby. Naby makes a really good run. And, you know, as my little boy said, you know, he headbutted it into the net, didn't he? Which was a really great goal. Yeah, you know, you make a fantastic point. I think if that ball was a little bit higher, a little bit lower, it doesn't allow Jordan to do what he's done. I think it's it's a training ground move. You can see... The way Jordan, like you say, he's sauntering around, nowhere near where he where he where he ends up when he heads the ball back across for Navisar. If that ball's not a pinpoint, if it's too high, he's reaching for it, and you can't get the angle because that the header back to Navisar needs to be of a certain quality to allow Navisar to do what he does. If it's fired to the wrong angle of Navisar, then he, he, the whole thing doesn't work. And for things we, we've seen that from Sorbo all season, his delivery, he's one of the best in the league. He, he is consistent with it in the sense that he's at this level, he's never going to hit the ball every single time. But again, for this level, he's consistent and can deliver a ball. And it, it gives players faith that something's going to happen. We've watched seasons where I don't think I don't think we beat the first man five times in an entire season from corners. We always seem to struggle. We always seem to be a team that seems to struggle from set pieces and corners, but not this not this season. But it gives players confidence that the ball is going to be delivered and something actually happened from set pieces. Um, so it's actually exciting to have, actually have that in our game for the first time in many years. But going back to your original point, I think we scored both goals were well-timed. It's like the classic just before, kind of just before, just after half-time. 
um, which just knocks the stuffing out of Middlesbrough. Everything they've, they've tried to work on at half-time break, everything Wilders tried to kind of uh, get get into them's kind of gone. The game plan's gone. So we, as much as we've suffered from goals at bad times in, in games over the last few weeks, it's good to kind of um, do that to the team. But um, like you say, it, it, it was a, it was a different show from town today. They um, they worked hard. They, they had they had to kind of hold hold in where Millsbrook they didn't necessarily threaten, but there were times where I think good defending and organisation made Middlesbrough's chances probably not as good as they could have been. I think if Town had not been at the race and had been slightly switched off or not been as organised as they were in a formation they've not played that recently, then I think Middlesbrough had the ability to actually cause some damage. One of the facts they they rolled over. I think good organisation, concentration, <clears throat> and application from the town players, and then, like I say, bits of quality in the right places made it look an easier 2 0 than I think it would have been. Millsborough are a good team. Um, they've got a good result. I mean, at the start of the Easter, holiday, Easter, Easter Bank holiday, I think if town weren't on their A game, do you know I mean, defensively, do the sort of things, the thing you don't necessarily notice, they, I mean, it would have been a very different game. I think worth as well. Uh, just imagining what could have been as well with this, with a piece of skill from Sauber Thomas as well before the first goal where he, he nutmegs the defender, doesn't he? And, he tr- and he tries to dip one from 35 yards and that would have been an absolutely fantastic goal and it shows the confidence that he's in at the minute and you know and I love that about Sauber in that you know he's you know he's fully committed to everything he you know he even dances with Pozzo you know at home games afterwards don't you Pozzo you both do the Bushwhackers dance you know and and, and you, you kind of get the full the full Monty from him, really. You know, he, he hundred puts. You know, it's very cliche, but he puts a hundred percent in. You can see him playing like a schoolboy. Just uh, moving on as well. There's a, there's a couple of talking points there. Uh, I might have frozen there, guys, for a second. But there's a couple of talking points we'll come on to for the game as well. There's the the back pass as well. But the letter of the law says no. You know, and come forward. But they lit. He used to be called at Leicester. You know, he was having one of his games, wasn't he? Where he perhaps wasn't fully at it. And, you know, he could have potentially where Middlesbrough are scuppered then because Lewis O'Brien, but I think there's only Jermaine Beckford, really, who I've seen play for Huddersfield, who's probably a better one-on-one finisher than Jordan. I quite like that that way of, of sitting deep and hitting teams on the counter-attack. Um, we've we've probably stay on the counter-attack because we kind of, like I said, we always seem to think of at the top of my head where... On another day, you, you know, he takes his shot a little bit earlier and, uh, you know, who knows what could happen. It could have been quite easily three or four and, you know, you'd have had everyone kicking off on Twitter like they do, saying, can't believe Huddersfield are, you know, top, you know, top of the league or whatever because they play crap, crap, crap football. But today were totally different for me. It weren't like that. It were, it were a well thought out and a well planned performance and everybody did what they had to do and, Everybody were six or seven out of ten at least. Um, a couple with you know a little bit more. So yeah, like I say, as, a, as an away performance goes, clean sheet, two goals. What what more do you want? There we go, guys. And we're back in the room. Sorry about that. Gremlins in Leeds. Who would have thought? You know. Uh, right, guys. Uh, right. So let's uh, carry on from where we were. If anyone can remember where we actually were, um, we were talking, discussing the the Middlesbrough game, weren't we? And in particular, we were talking about the second goal. I think and. You know, the way that, you know, the second goal really typified Town's uh, performance on the day. You know, like I were mentioning, Johnny, before, you know, before the the Gremlins, if you like, um, you know, Town were defending largely in numbers, but, you know, they defended actually on the front foot despite being quite deep. And, you know, this, it's really typified in that second goal where Middlesbrough, you know, there's a slight loose control and Pippa's onto it in a flash, you know, and he breaks up play, plays it to Lewis O'Brien. O'Brien, you know, 
runs 30 yards to join the, you know, join the attack and then plays in Jordan Rhodes and the master rolls back the years like Mick Hucknall there, doesn't he? You know, and he, he whips that into the top corner. It's a, a really fantastic moment and, you know, really sort of um, a real shot in the arm to Carlos Corbran, really, because it just typified Town's performance on the day, how how they set up and it was a real vindication of everything that he'd done pre-game. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's one of them where you almost waited for the possession to be passed over a bit like a basketball game. And as soon as we got the ball, um, we instantly looked dangerous. And it happened in a spell. It was almost like it was it was like a basketball game. We won the possession back. And before you think, right, well, we were three on three at one point. Like you said, the chance where Lewis O'Brien out, out, kind of keeps up to outpace us. One of the probably the paces four backs in the league. Again, I don't know what he's just adding more string into his bow, isn't it? But with a added pace. But yeah, it, again, it was really controlled, really measured. Not an accident. Well, well worked on um, football. Uh, completely different to what we've done the last few games. Um, and again, yeah, it, it worked really well. Possibly playing to to around Jordan in in that way. I think um, we play into Danny a lot. Danny Ward a lot more. Um, as a, as a way of kind of moving the ball to the field into him back out and then round back to finish and move off. We all know Jordan doesn't work that way. He, he can work that way, but it's not to his strengths. Maybe getting runners around him, getting people to carry up the ball um, and then put him, put him in a position where he can do what he does best. And I, I was glad to see him take it early, um, kind of early really, on, and certainly on his week of foot, because there's a chance. It took me right. It sounds a little bit, you always think of weird things when um, football's going on. He, he, like, but as soon as he got bought his feet, it took me right back to the whole chance he had where he didn't take it first time and he took a couple of touches and a chance where he could see him actually shout himself on the football pitch. I'm not professed to be inside his mind, but I wonder if that's played in his mind because he did take it really early. And he, like I say, it was just like Jordan Rose, as we'd seen in a, in a blue and white stripes many, many years ago. Um, he'd always do. He'd always take the shot early, kind of take the keeper by surprise. Um, and even if the keeper knows knows what's coming, he's he's not stopping a chance like that. So it was good to see him. It was good to see him do do that. And I'd like I say, it's a fantastic time for him to kind of get a goal like that. Where Joe, we are going to need him. Um, it's oh, the two players that came in today, Sar and Sar and Rose on the team sheet. Would you rather have Ward and, and Cole? You you absolutely would, and that's no disrespect to Sar and Rhodes. I think it's fantastic those two players have come in today, and it's testament to them. I mean, the effort they've clearly put in, the application they've clearly put in, they've not sulked, they've not been upset, they're not part of the squad and they're coming in and done everything you need to do and it just, it just shows how together this squad is and it's fantastic to see like the, the tweets from Toffolo and players towards Sarr and you can just see that togetherness but it, it's just another it's another pattern back to Carlos that he can keep players involved, he can keep he, he can adapt tactics, he, you know, he seems to have the full package and I think today's game the tactics show a lot, but also the players that have come in and how they performed um, really does show a lot about where this football club is right now under under Carlos and the players that are involved. There was a fantastic moment where um, Nichols made a save, it rebounded, and Pippa makes a block, and Nichols literally rags Pippa off the floor and like shakes him and like wants to kiss him. <laughs> I'm like, I'm watching it thinking, I'm like, don't bring me to tears. This like this is this is more than football. <laughs> and it's just moments like that which are just they're fantastic, and I think the. Jimmy, I could go on and on about how this team are, but they made you proud today. We've had players that have sulked and moped and come onto the pitch, got the opportunity and just not look disinterested. And it's fantastic to see two players, do you know what I mean? Sa, the new the new Quana, 
and Rhodes kind of come back and and just do a bit of what we know he can do. Um, and at Borough, which I'm sure he'll be extra happy about tonight. Mm, let me just uh, ask you guys as well because the, the the previous feed went down. So if you could pop your uh, your thoughts on the game back in the uh, the chat, and we'll uh, we'll read out the best ones. Like I was saying, uh, pause. Um, you know, Town two 0 up and. Even two nil up town, you know, you get throwbacks, don't you, to West Brom, etc. And you know, it's it's part and parcel of supporting a football team, isn't it? You never feel fully comfortable until the full time whistle goes. But you know, looking back at the game, Middlesbrough, you know, they had the moment which Johnny's just mentioned, where Riley McGree hits the, I think it's him who hits the bar, and then there's the follow up, and Pippa blocks it. Apart from that, I never really felt too threatened by Middlesbrough, you know. And the the you know uh, the xG of the game shows Huddersfield Town, you know, far superior in that. Um, despite you know the possession, Middlesbrough had the, the vast majority of it. We didn't need the possession really. Um, I felt relatively comfortable up and you know as comfortable as you can be. You know, two 0 up supporting Huddersfield Town. Um, it really is sort of a different, different outfit, isn't it? Because you know mentally these guys are so tough, and we'll come on to a couple of individuals as well. But you know it's such a a really sort of tough team who doesn't give any quarter and. You know, even at 2-0, you know, in the 93rd minute, there's still, th- you know, so many people throwing themselves at the ball. You know what I mean? It'd be so easy just to sort of think there's only 30 seconds left. It doesn't matter. But, you know, they're still at it, you know, throwing themselves in front of the ball face first. You know, it's just it's just fantastic to watch. And this is what this is what we've wanted to watch. You know, I know winning matters and everybody gets excited by winning games, etc. But to see people throwing themselves, you know, at the ball and in, in sort of the way that they are doing as well, it's just really fantastic, isn't it, to see a group of players so, you know, up for the fight as well and uh, and really happy to sort of pull on the shirt and play for the club. A little bit, a little bit. It's gone a little bit. Uh, chesty net's gone a bit funny again there. Pause, but I'm just saying how uh, how great it is to so, just saying pause there. How great it is to see these these guys play for the club and uh, and how you know how fantastic it is to see them put the, themselves on the line for the uh, for the cause. And I think that team spirit is kind of been something that we've you know talked about. And certainly, I know Cosy when he's on, he loves that sort of stuff, doesn't he? The the team spirit, and that's what you get when you get. It sounds really disrespectful, but lesser footballers playing together because the collective, um, and that's you know you look at you look at certain teams in the league and they've got far fantastic individuals playing for them. Um, but you know the old adage, what is it? Hard work beat talent when talent don't work hard, and we've got that really good work ethos and everybody as you say is fighting for everybody and I agree with Johnny that that moment with Nichols and, and Pippa I mean as a, as a defender that is like scoring a goal isn't it when when something like that happens and just to see that sort of passion come through to keep that ball out of the net is is fantastic as a fan you know first and foremost if players are giving everything out there you can forgive a lack of quality but um, you know we've harnessed that that team energy and we're just at the you know all season I sometimes go down and watch and I think, do you know what? We're, we're not that pleasing to watch, but we're really effective in what we do. You know, we're third in league. We've, we'd, I'd like to see sort of a graph of where we've been, you know, throughout the season because from sort of maybe Christmas onwards at, at least, we've, we've always, kind of, and maybe a little bit before, we've kind of been always top six. Um, so we can't be that bad. 
You know, and I always think these fans that say that we're really rubbish, how bad are you? Because we're above you. So if you are so great, why are you, you know, below us? And I think a lot of the way that we play annoys people because we're not spectacular to watch for 90 minutes. We have, you know, we had odd, odd spells where we play nice football, but we're very industrial. Uh, and like I say, with the sort of players that we brought in, that that's what you need. You need that sort of um, togetherness. And yeah, one of the commentators said today, um, would you would you fancy playing Huddersfield? And I'm sat there thinking, if I were an opposition fan, probably not, because we're, we're difficult to beat. We've kept a lot of clean sheets. As Johnny said earlier, um, set pieces were extremely dangerous from set pieces. So, you know, we can we can do a full match of 80 minutes worth of defending and, and win 2-0 because we'll score two from corners or, you know, a free kick or something like that. So we're always dangerous. We don't need to be controlling the game. We don't need to be playing fast, fluid football for 90 minutes because the way that the, we play and the way that we set up and the way that we, you know, fight for each other and battle for each other and the quality that we have, it sees us through, and the, the the proof is in the pudding that the fact that we're sat third in league. You know, you know, it's all right playing nice football, but if you don't get your results, then it's ultimately pointless. Um, obviously, we've got you know some exciting attacking players, Sarah Thomas. You know, he's, he's been a great player for us this season, and you know, you look at his stats, and you know they were coming up on Sky today, and he were he were top for all four categories for, for passes into the box, crosses, set pieces, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Um, yeah, you've got to utilise what you've got, haven't you? You've got to make the best of what you've got. And I think that's that's what we've done this season. And the, the more it's gone on, the more fans have, or certainly myself, has probably become a little bit more accepting of that um, because cause we're winning. You know, and we, we've chatted on here before about our style of football and all that sort of stuff. But as a fan, ultimately, you know, the main game is to get, the main end of the game is to get three points. And if we get three points, personally, I'm not that bothered how we play. Um get the points on the board, move up the league, win promotion, simple, simple as. Um, so, yeah, that, that team spirit and that team harnessing, you know, has, has really come through. And it's even more nice to see after, you know, second season in Premier League, we all know the players that we had that didn't, you know, buy into that at all. So for Carlos to come in and change it around, even under Carl is really, we, we kind of built a little bit of that, but I always felt there was still, two or three players in there that didn't really want to be there. But since Carlos has come in, it's, you know, it's totally changed. And, you know, people are people are out there, as you say, about 30 seconds to go, throwing themselves in front of tackles. And you're thinking, well, it doesn't really matter. But to them, it does because it's a clean sheet on board, isn't it? So, you know, long, long may it continue. I've had to bin the the stream, I'm sorry to say. So sorry to everyone who will listen back to this. I've had to bin it because it just, it just conked out again. Um, no idea why. Um, Wirecast will yeah. be, yeah. Wirecast will be feeling my wrath. Um, come, come later tonight, I think. So, um, yeah. So the streams. So I've had to pull the stream. So you know, and it's still, it's still struggling now. It's I've got no idea what's going on. Um, let's let's move on a little bit from there. So two 0 we've won the game. Uh, let's talk about some individuals here because I thought Tom Lees was absolutely magnificent at the back again. For me, he was, you know, Jordan Rhodes is going to get all the plaudits because of the assist and the goal, but I just thought Tom Lees was just phenomenal at the back. You know, there's 11 clearances he's made during this game. Unbelievable. Two block shots, you know, absolutely fantastic. Tom Lees has just been an absolute revelation this season. He's he's genuinely up there with, you know, some of the best centre-backs I've seen you know the you know the recent history. You know, really so excellent again today. And for a guy who's barely six foot, you know, he doesn't lose a lot in the air as well. He's just so such a good composed defender. Um, brilliant signing, Nabisar. 
like we mentioned, Navisar, you know, he's he's playing, you know, without any any energy really. You know, he's not, you know, he's fasting at the minute, so he's not eating, he's not taking in water either. You know, and he's playing ninety minutes and putting in a performance like that as well. Three interceptions, four clearances, uh, three blocks and a goal for Nabi. You know, absolutely fantastic performance again from Nabi, who's you know he's come back in from the cold, not salt. You know, always always has that big smile on his face, doesn't he? He's such a great guy, Navisar, and he deserves you know the last week. Um, from from you know he's been a, a real hero you know seven points and you know he's played a massive part and obviously Jordan Rhodes as well uh, what I thought what was really good about Jordan Rhodes is as Burra pushed up his movement really stretched them you know he he was moving you know constantly horizontally you know and and you know, curving his runs and really stretching that back line and he might not have he's never really had any pace has he but you know in the modern game everything's about speed and Jordan Rhodes just you know showed what a really clever player he is just by constantly been on the move and receiving the ball in good areas and his hold-up play was was pretty good as well those were the three that really stood out to me guys um let me know you know who really stood out for you as well i don't think i don't think just screw those those three to be hurt. i think Rhodes. he's a he's a clever player he's a clever player he's he's always been someone who can see the space see the gap knows where to run or hold back and create the space but he's, he's also been he's He's not a striker, like I said, who, who, who's you know I mean, made a career or played up on his own. But he's he's a player who can find a pass. He's a player who can, he can play some form of hold up play. Um, he's not got the he's not got the presses that Danny Ward Danny Ward has. But he's something to me. He, he's quite good at being a bit of a link up man as well. At one point today, we actually won. He won the header, and then won the second ball himself, um, which again is, is quite remarkable given the man doesn't have much pace at all. But yeah. He, he, he outperformed um, expectation today. Like you said, what else can you say about Lee's? I, I think um, Sheffield Wednesday fans are probably rubbing their eyes with their catching town games at the moment. Um, and I think, do you know what I mean, he, he's absolutely exceptional. Um, a lot, a lot of players have put um, certain improvements down to. I think I can't, I can't remember what which outlet it came if it was through the Examiner or through the town's kind of preview or show. But um, a lot of players kind of came out and said one of the things that they've Notice massively different this year. That's they've not had it at the football clubs. Is, is the nutrition side? I think Nichols um, mentioned it as well. Um, that Timmy said, "What's what's changed? What do you think's got the extra bit out of your game?" And he said, "I've never been so fit." Um, and he's put it down to the kind of the fitness side, but also the nutrition side that the, the, the club have got. Um, so again, this this we don't know. We've not. I don't think that question's been asked of of, of Tom Lee's. But there's things going behind the scenes that the football clubs got him got in place. Um, the coaching staff, but obviously the bits and pieces that we don't probably hear about, we don't probably know because we are getting extra out of players. They're not young players, not players who've kind of gone between 22 and 24 and have naturally developed with the right kind of coaches. The players that are coming towards the end of probably shouldn't have any more kind of development in, in their careers, but are making step changes in their ability. Um, yep, Creston Wade can make a difference, but there's got to be things that Huddersfield Town are going to pat themselves in the back for getting extra out of these players because they've been around, they've never been bad players, but they've, they've never been ripping up trees. And that's probably why some of the fans had a bit of a reaction they did at the start of the season. And that's not finger pointing and people saying that, oh, well, we thought Lees was like the next, you know I mean, kind of arrow, but he is, <laughs> something's working. And again, it's like with the, the, like Turton and players like that, they've developed throughout the season. There's so many players you can point to and say they've developed throughout the season. Um, and it, it's just exciting to see, see, where this team can go um, and what other players are, are going to come through. 
Um, I think I think the other player I'd I'd, I'd probably say um, who I thought um, played well today. I've just mentioned there is Turton because he, he's been asked to again move back into that centre back position. He's not a centre back. He's probably not played there since the first half of the season. I thought again he was very assured. He played a bit of a like I say, a wandering role, a bit of a different role. Um, and again, just the football knowledge and the football education that the players have got, the clever players, um, and with a coach like Carlos who, who can see that and get the best out of them. I don't I don't, I don't, don't know, but I don't think there's many teams that have got the adaptability that we've got. And I think that's one of the good things when we play different teams. We can adapt and we can, we can use the same players in different positions, in different ways, with different roles and different tasks assigned to them. And they perform and they do it. Um, and again, it's just it's just another string to this full town's ball. But um, it is interesting to see just like how much of a step change step change some of these players have made in quite a short quite a short period of time. The Nesbury Nesta, Tom Lee's absolute quality player. <laughs> uh, Pause. Would you like to hear what Chris Wilder's thoughts were after the game? I'd like nothing more. If you haven't seen him. So Chris Wilder said after 30 minutes, and Chris, I'll, I'll point out before I do this, Chris Wilder is someone that I've always had a lot of admiration for. I think he's a really smashing manager. But these I thought were a little bit peculiar. But he said after 30 minutes, we were in complete control of the game against a side who is fighting to get out of the division as much as we are. I thought we were comfortably the better team. We just didn't find that last little bit yet again. We had the majority of play and the majority of possession. It was a nearly performance. And I read that and I was like, what? Because really, Huddersfield Town. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Kind of kept Middlesbrough at arm's length, and it was really under, I thought, Huddersfield Town's control, despite having what was, I think, 35% possession, because we didn't particularly need it, because we were able to counter quickly because, you know, they had left uh, the, the space at the back. But I thought they were quite strange comments really from Chris Wilder and not really in tune with uh, in the game but a little bit odd um something else as well uh Sauber's injury as well um we we touched on it a little bit earlier and he's so important to this team isn't he pause you know it'd be horrendous if he's out for any sort of length of time you know we we could maybe you know with that win against Middlesbrough maybe bought us you know a little bit of breathing room if you like in the top 6 mm. but um you don't really want to See Sauber missing. You know, it looked like an impact injury, didn't it? So it looks like a you know a coming together. So hopefully it's just some bruising. But you know when you see him sort of on crutches in a uh, a knee brace, it always looks a little bit more worrying than maybe what it is, doesn't it? So hopefully you know he's he's not too bad because you know we've seen today you know the first goal how key Sauber Thomas is to everything. We you know we pretty much everything we create. You know there's 20 goals this season from set pieces. You know and the vast majority have come from his right foot. 
and you know Danny Ward and uh, Levi Colwell as well. So uh, Carlos said after the game, he, he doesn't quite know the severity of all three injuries. Uh, but Levi and Danny Ward don't look like long-term injuries, but they're all to have scans, I think, or, or in the process of having a scan. So uh, touch wood for all three. But, you know, Chris Wilder, a bit odd, but Sauber Thomas losing him for any length of time would be very damaging, wouldn't it, Buzz? Or even all three of them, really. Yeah, of course. Like you say, he's, he's probably been our arguably player of the season. There's obviously shouts for other people, but your attacking players generally get it, don't they, for for performances, which always used to annoy me as a defender, but we won't go there. Um, yeah, I think he, he sort of made a made a sort of hobble across the pitch, didn't he, at the end, which to me is a good sign. Um, and I've seen on Twitter somebody had bumped into him in services um, on the way home and were chatting to him and he, he didn't, not literally, because that would be catastrophic to have his other leg, you know, knackered. Um, but they were chatting to him inside and he was sort of playing it down, but, you know, Obviously, he's going to sort of do that. It's not going to come out and say, you know, I'm out for the season or whatever. So, fingers crossed this scan. I think, like you say, might look more like an impact injury. So, a bit of bruising, maybe a bit of swelling. As you say, that that victory, you know, if we get a win on Friday, then I think that's pretty much it in it. So, it gives us a, a little bit of breathing space for these players that have played a lot of games. Because they have played, like Danny Ward, have pretty much started every match when fit. Um, so... You know, it gives us, it kind of reminds me a little bit of when we went, I know people draw comparisons, but, you know, under Wagner, we had that little bit of a, you know, we qualified for playoffs with a couple of games to go. We rotated people around. We brought people in who hadn't played for a while, you know, give them a little bit of experience and, and sort of the players that had played a lot of games got a little bit of rest. And, you know, that could be well be the case now with sort of Colwell Ward and, and Thomas if they're pain at this point, you can, you can rest them. Um, so they're, you know, they're getting a rest and players who haven't played as much like Rhodes can get a bit of game time in. So, you know, qualifying for those playoffs early can negate, you know, little issues like injuries to, to players. So, you know, fingers crossed we come out on Friday and, and kind of go for it and, you know, don't just think, oh, we'll stumble over, let's get it nailed on, let's get it done with. And then it gives you that little bit of scope to, to maybe rest players who, you know, carry in slight injuries. And, you know, it's like if you're playing in a team that's doing well, even if you have got a little bit of a knock, you're going to want to play on it, aren't you? Um, you're not going to want to, want to sit out, you know. Um, so just, just buys you a little bit of the time. But, yeah, certainly someone like Sarber Thomas. I always think, I know you've you've chatted with me about it, Matt, I mentioned me about Danny Ward being so important. And, you know, without him, the, the kind of the system falls apart. Uh, but certainly Sarber Thomas as well with his with his energy, with his enthusiasm, with, with just the spark that he can bring to the crowd as well. You know, not only playing football, but everything else that goes with him. You know, he's always kind of morale. He's always, you know, seemingly pouring out of his veins and stuff like that. So, yeah, it would be, would be a massive shame to to lose him. Um, so, fingers crossed, you know, that, that scam doesn't reveal all serious. And, you know, maybe give Barnsley a miss, maybe give Coventry a miss and Bristol a miss. And hopefully we can, uh, you know, have him back full fitness for... I keep saying for these playoff games that we're going to have because I just can't see us not getting them now. I think is it, there's only Millwall and Borough that can catch us, is that right? And we have to lose all three, which I don't think will happen. Um, so, yeah, we've just got to be sensible with it, haven't we? And, and, and play players that are, that are ready to go. Yeah, it does. We, do, we are looking quite good in terms of the playoffs and Forrest are, are winning 3-0 against West Brom as we're recording at the minute, which is a shame because... It'd be nice to see not so far as fall away, but they're not going to because they're a, they're a very good, you know, very good side, very strong as well. Um, but yes, looking at this now, Town are on seventy three points uh, with Millwall in seventh on sixty five, 
Blackburn on 63. So if Blackburn get nine points, Blackburn can't catch us, like you say. Middlesbrough can um, because they've got an extra game in hand. But yeah, so Middlesbrough um, and Millwall, yeah, the only ones who can really, really catch us by the looks of it. But, you know, they can still get in, but obviously just not overtake us. And Luton are two points behind us as well lurking. So it's all to play for still in there. But uh, I'll throw that back to you now, Johnny. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I think if Salva Thomas's injury is a little bit serious, you should have a word with um, Tony Ogg because he broke his neck, I think, towards the end of our promotion season <laughs> and managed to come back. So whatever, whatever hospital he went to, I think he should book Salva in. But yeah, I think, Johnny, we've got we've got the luxury of a bit of a bit of time now. If we've got a player who, who I think Cole was who's playing through a bit of a, a bit of an injury, he's obviously kind of set out today. Um, whether that was I mean, to give him a bit of rest or the injuries kind of forced him out now. Um, if there are any players that have got a bit of a knock, then do you know I mean? the Barnsley game, no disrespect to them, but the table doesn't lie. With We, sh- we should have enough to get do you know I mean? at least a point, which is probably all we need from that. Um, it's, it's, it's that. It's that one way, what do you start to do now? Um, it seems to be, is it is it a bit of a pattern where a few players are having a couple of knocks? Is it just coincidence or is it the fact, like Paz has said, that a lot of these players have played um, a lot of minutes do you know I mean? and, and played hard for a lot of minutes? Do you start to pull back and do, do what Ragnar did and, and, and rest a few? Or do you kind of go with, do you know I mean, you play your best team, you play a football and, and you keep the form? And it's one of those things where I think every town fan probably sits on the fence and ums and ahs over which one. We never really know what's the right what's the right answer. Does it really matter either way? Probably not. But I guess it's one of those things where now the the focus shifts to a good result is everyone coming through unscathed. Do you mean no big tackles, especially on certain players? And yeah, a point at Barnsley or a point in the next few games should be able to take care of itself. Um, I guess the other thing is you can't you can't be in too much control of this, but. Where do we want to play? We seem to be a bit more of an away team than a home team. Do we want to play at home second? Do we want to play at home first? I don't think managers think like this. I think it's very much a fan mentality. Certainly, Carlos, I don't think would ever kind of think like that. Um, it's not probably in his nature, but it'd be interesting to see what people's thoughts are about maybe how they how they would approach that, but also whether you'd rather play at home first or home second, given how well we've seen to have done away recently. I don't know. I think it depends who we come up against and. I'm probably not going to look at that yet, but you know we are pretty poor in the playoffs at home, aren't we? We've never won a home game in the playoffs, yeah. uh, so you know that's an interesting one. But yeah, it doesn't really matter, does it? <laughs> no, so I'm not. I'm not sure. But uh, moving on to home games, we did actually have a home game on Friday against QPR, and I thought Town looked a little bit leggy in this one. Uh, you know, QPR had an extra two days rest, I think, so perhaps that made a bit of a difference uh, in this game. Uh, I also think Town seem to struggle a little bit against teams that are really comfortable in possession and pass, you know, and, and just pass and pass and pass and you know pull players out and pull players out of posi- you know position and you know move move pieces around the, the chessboard so to speak. You know, go back to the Swansea game where we couldn't get the ball off them. You know, Bournemouth, um, Coventry. You know, we, we seem to really sort of uh, struggle against these sort of teams. So you know, hopefully, no, we, we won't go come up against one in, in the playoffs. Um, Touch wood if we get there, obviously. Um, but QPR, I thought, played pretty well. They didn't look like a team that had lost five in a row. You know, I thought uh, Elias Chair was outstanding at number 10. And Sam McCallum, the left back, I thought, gave um, Oli Turton a bit of a, you know, ran him a bit ragged at points in you know in the sort of first half as well. Um, but, you know, it, it was sort of a tricky game. And I think everyone looked at the, the Easter games, didn't they, and thought, do you know what? 
we can win the QPR one, but I would take a point against Middlesbrough and Luton. And, you know, it's it's funny, isn't it, how things turn around like that. And, you know, QPR really, we were probably quite grateful, Johnny, for that point in the end, because QPR were probably the better team, you would say, on this on this occasion. Yeah, I say we seem to we seem to score and then not really do a lot. Um, and I think QPR QPR looked good. They certainly didn't look like a team that was lacking in confidence. They, they, I mean, they they were comfortable on the football. They were comfortable creating chances. There were a few times before the goal came where they they, they, they create opportunities and we'd managed to, um, do you know what I mean, defend it just to prevent the goal. But yeah, we almost we looked we looked tired. Which is interesting because I don't think we looked, felt we looked tired today. And you think if we were tired, you'd probably look tired today. Um, ultimately, yeah, it's kind of the reverse of what you'd probably expect. Keep out of these game on paper, um, but it just admits it's it's age old championship that it's not always what you predict is the way it's going to happen. Um, yeah, I think I think one thing I think we've got to look at is that I mean, the QPR do have some very very good players. If you if you could handpick some players out of their squad, they'd probably fit quite nicely into ours. I think Cher's one of the best players in the championship. He's always going to be a danger. He creates problems as well. If you've got a player like that, quite a few times, town up to doubled up on the first goal. You can you can see two players go to share. That creates space for the pass, and that's ultimately kind of where the goal comes from. So they're a good team. They create problems. Um, and Jimmy, they've got they've also got a good result today as well. So it kind of just it just shows kind of sense check where they are. Um, I, I think ultimately again, the performance was enough. The point disappointed at the time, but like we say, over over, over the three games, um, it's a very good point. It's a point that we'll probably look back on and say, yep, that's one of the points that have gone towards us kind of securing our playoffs earlier. The team. So in hindsight, it, it, it's worked well. It's it's just very strange how that game's come prior to a Borough game, which was a really strong performance. I was worried for the Borough game because of the feeling off the back of the QPR game, in honesty. Yeah, I agree, Johnny. No, I was going to say, I agree with Johnny there. It's after after that you know, game against QPR, you come out worrying for Borough, and I, that's like what I was sort of getting at earlier, but we've we've come out at Borough and, and turned you know, turned it on its head and probably used it as a bit of a motivational thing as well, as in like, you know, come on, we've kind of Screwed up at home. Let's let's go up there and, and try and get some. Because I honestly thought we'd you know we'd probably get beaten today. Maybe I would have bitten your hand off for a point at you know eleven o'clock this morning, kind of thing. Especially then you know after seeing injuries and stuff. But if you take, I always said those next those three games, the Luton, um, QPR, and Borough would be massive for us. Um, certainly when even you know QPR kind of tailed away, didn't they? But at the time they were they were up there, you know, fighting for a playoff place. And I thought, do you know what? If we got four points out of those three, then that would be a decent return. So, you know, the points that we've managed to, to get out of it is is phenomenal, really. And, yeah, it's been a decent sort of Easter period, really, hasn't it, for us, in, you know, results-wise. And if you'd have said those results, if you'd have beaten QPR and drawn today, you'd have been over at Moon. So I think, as Johnny quite rightly says, as a collective of results rather than a one-off, it, it's it's a good point. And, you know, we, we chalk it up on board to go with those other, however many we've got and, End of season, they'll take us to where where we need to be. Um, you know, you can look back and go, Ooh, if we'd have just got an extra three year or a point there, we'd be, you know, maybe a bit closer to second. But I'm sure Bournemouth can look through results and say, you know, there's probably games where they've done exactly the same. So, 
yeah, you can't really criticise too much. I think on the night QPR, if you'd have asked me if we'd have done this pod immediately after QPR, I'd have probably been a lot more critical. But um, yeah, given today's results, suddenly it's it's a positive result rather than negative. Uh, one one sort of thing that I did just want to mention about QPR is, I think the last time I on, I mentioned about um, playing at different times, so playing after everybody else, and would it make a difference? And you know, we had a little bit of a chat about that, but. I I do think it did in that particular game because you know we got a couple of good results in other matches that went for us. And I just got the feeling we sort of once QPR went to two all, it were almost be, then became a case of let's not lose this because we, you know other results have gone our way. Whereas if other results were still going on, I think we might have probably pushed for that third a, a little bit more. But you know you can you can maybe overanalyze that a little bit too much. Um, but you know as we say. We've beaten Borough today, so that point is now, now a good point for me. I think one, just one thing as well, I think losing Danny Ward at half-time didn't help as well. I think, mm-hmm. again, it's quite a tactical shift losing Danny Ward from the pitch. Um, and obviously, the players know what they're doing. They know how to play if he's not there. But I think that probably causes a bit more problems than it's, it's possibly given credit to, as opposed to knowing he's out and obviously have going with a very different system today with, with Rhodes. So, it, again making a bit of excuses but I think that might have slightly, slightly affected it as well going into the second half Although we Yeah I think if I could if, we, if I had any criticism of Carlos you know for that match I think he putting Thomas up front didn't particularly work um, I think he kind of weakened two positions there because he moved him off his you know favoured right wing to play up front so right wing were a bit weaker and up front didn't didn't really work so as you say Johnny I think with a little bit more time to plan he's, he's put that right today with with picking Rhodes and Thomas just behind him rather than Thomas up front on his own. So, you know, Carlos strikes guys that does work as, as he goes and that, you know, proof is in the pudding again today to to show that. There's a lot of changes, weren't they? So he changed the system from 4 4 one to 4 to 3 to 3-5-2 to 3-5-1-1 quite a lot and nothing really seemed to stick or work. It was just one of those games, wasn't it, where QPR were far better than what we expected and we were probably a little bit below but like I say it could, could have been the extra two days rest they had and you know we, we've seen before haven't we uh, Town usually work better or Carlos works better when he has a lot of time to sort of um, analyse and sort of look into the opponents and you know which is another feather in his cap really for why you know turning you know from uh, turning it around from you know the draw against QPR on Friday to beating a really good side in Middlesbrough on Monday because he's had a really quick turnaround to do that as well. So fair play to him. But a couple of other little not- notable uh, points from the game: three hundred appearances for Huddersfield Town for Jonathan Hogg. You know, he, you know, it'll be a brave man who dares take that uh, first goal off him as well. Um, you know, he, corner came in great corner from Sinani. Jonathan Hogg won won the near post flick on and uh, he went straight into the bottom corner. I don't think I'll argue with anybody at all, argue with Jonathan Hogg at all, whether that's his goal or not. I didn't see any deflection or anything, guys. I don't know about you lot, but, you know, for me, no, Hoggy's goal all day long, it's got to be. And the second goal I thought was an absolutely fantastic ball in from Ollie Turton, you know, real pace and whip on it. Uh, Quite flat, but, you know, a really good ball between the keeper and the, you know, the defence and Harry Toffler up there, you know, and, up and you know, and it was an absolute bullet header, wasn't it? It was you know shades of almost shades of Danny Ward against Blackpool, sort of in terms of power, wasn't it? But you know he, you know, almost took the net off. I didn't realize how powerful the header was at the time, but he proper launched into it, didn't he? And it was a, you know, you got to love those goals, haven't you? You know, with the sort of headers, you know, where it absolutely booms into the net. And you know, it was. Uh, I thought Harry Tuffler had put in a really good performance. Actually, I thought it was decent against Middlesbrough as well. So you know, Tuffs on 
uh, in decent form at the minute. So that was good to see um, you know him get on the score sheet as well. He's becoming a bit of a goal machine as well, isn't he? After the the goal against Hull as well, I might have to sneak him into my uh, fantasy championship team because I'm starting to flag on that one. But you know, so sort of over overall, I think the point was you know fair enough in context. I think I don't think we could be happier with how things have gone over Easter. You know, results have gone. Uh, reasonably well elsewhere. Luton, um, you know, have won, won a, did, beat Nottingham Forest, didn't they? And then beat Cardiff. So they've bounced back pretty well. But, you know, we, we've we've done really well. We've taken seven points from nine if we include the Monday against Luton. Nottingham Forest uh, lost, obviously, against Luton and then have, have won 4-0 tonight. So Nottingham Forest, uh, with a couple of games in hand, you know, will probably be eyeing up third. And, you know, they've got that game against uh, Bournemouth away to come as well, haven't they? So they, you know, Nottingham Forest have probably still got half an eye on second, although the, the looting games made that incredibly difficult for them. So that just leaves us to bob along and do what do what we want to do because, you know, the, the whole focus from everybody on on Sky and social media seems to be on Nottingham Forest and Bournemouth. And I think that's just the way we like it, isn't it? You know, just to carry on going under the radar. And even on even on Sky today, you know, Don Goodman was saying, you know, how everybody's sort of expected Huddersfield to fall out of the playoffs. And, you know, we've been there since... You know, he he said since game week five, but we had a lull, didn't we? Sort of in in around about October, where we fell out for five or six weeks. But you know, we've we've spent twenty odd game weeks inside the top six, and you know, it's not a fluke that we're there either. So, you know, we, we're there on merit, and you know, if people want to continue to ignore us, that's great for us, and we'll continue doing what we do and, and move along, you know, to the next game. Um, and speaking of that, there's there's just a couple of players where we're sort of looking at where I'm looking at now, and I'm just wondering what's fully going on there we've got Tino Andrin came on didn't he against QPR and Tino's had issues with injury hasn't he you know broke his foot out in Russia and he still looks really struggling for match fitness to me I'm not sure what the answer is for him he came on at 10 at number 10 against QPR and he looked I'm not going to say he looked fat or anything but he looked sort of sort of sluggish didn't he you know I, you know, I can't say anyone looks fat but you know he just looked a little bit a bit sluggish didn't he and you know he seems to be really struggling for that sort of match sharpness and I don't really know how he gets that other than Town sort of throwing in B-team games and, you know, him playing in those. But again, those aren't played at the full tilt of a, you know, a championship a championship game. And I'm not sure how Chelsea would feel, you know, about, you know, him playing in a number of B-team games when, when they've loaned him to us uh, with uh, intentions of him playing. And, and Carol Lighting's a really strange one as well. Not injured, just not selected, not even on the bench. Scott High's, you know, taking his spot on the bench today. Um you know, it's a real testament to John Russell and how John Russell. I thought John Russell played quite well against QPR for what it's worth. Um, it seems it seems strange that Iting's not making any appearances if he's if he's fit, doesn't it? It's a real sort of strange one. Um, no one's really asked the question either of, as to where he is at the minute, and I, I presume it's just a case of John Russell playing well and him not being selected. And I think there's maybe an eye going forward as well in that, you know, Iting maybe won't be here next year because, you know, he's only wanted that short-term contract and he to see him through to the end of the season. Maybe he doesn't see his long-term future here. So, you know, Carlos has got one eye going forward, you know, with John Russell in midfield and, you know, wants to play the player who's going to be here long-term. So um, it's just, a, you know, we're talking about these two because there's a little bit of noise on social media about them. But I'll, I'll turn that over to you two guys and see what you think about Tino and Carell. I think I think with Tino it's a hard one because there's little there's little bits of the QPR game where he had a couple of quick touches and he played a couple of, played one little pass to to his right or his outside his foot where you can see a bit of quality, but fitness is fitness is massive and he's clearly not fit. You're not going to get the best out of him in, in, until he is. It's a bit of a problem, like say, how do you get him fit? 
we're not good to be used to chuck someone on who's not going to be good enough. Equally, it's hard because if we, 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 we could get him fit, I think he'd be an asset. So, yeah, other than kind of get him in, getting him in minutes in games where um, we've got the points or lost the points, which obviously there aren't a lot at the moment, it, it's, it's hard really. Whether, again, these games that come um, after the Barnsley game, it might be an opportunity to do that if you'll benefit if we can give him some more minutes and he benefits us in, in, in the playoff games and might be an option. Iting's a strange one. Obviously, he was on the bench and, and wasn't used. That's fair enough because the players playing in his position uh, 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 it's working. Do you know what I mean? No, no problems with that. Um, not to be on the bench today though is is a bit of a strange one. I, I kind of just, it's, I quite have, kind of quite have liked Oggy to maybe have asked that. Of him, I know you don't want to go into to negative, especially when one two nil away from Borough. Maybe is why he's not done it, but not to be put on the bench is a strange one. Yep, you might say, okay, look, High and um, Russell's are our players. Do you know what I mean they're they're potentially the future? Um, but I think you've got a player of the ability we've seen from Ayrton in the past. It is the here and now. If you've got someone who's a, who's a better player, who's going to be a better option. Then for me, he, he has to make the bench. So yeah, interesting. I don't think I don't think he's a character for anything to have gone on behind the scenes or anything like that. But it it would be a question. Do you know what I mean it would be good if if someone could ask who's got the ability to ask it in a press conference this week? If anyone happens to be listening from the other pod, as they refer chicken. to chicken. Um, Get on it, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening, but I, do you know what I mean it's one of them where we just like to, it'd be nice to know. Um, but it, I guess he's he's probably one of the players that hasn't quite worked out from the, from the January signings, um, but. I guess it's it's a it's a happy problem because of one of the reasons why it might not have worked out because the players on the pitch that we didn't expect to come in and done a fantastic job. So can he be too upset? Probably no. But it is an interesting one not not to be on the bench today, but I'm sure there's a perfectly reasonable explanation waiting for us. Yeah, I'm sure there's no conspiracy pause. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's uh, I think Tino yeah, never never really got going, did he? We, we brought him in and, you know, Lone Star from Chelsea and everyone gets fully excited like, you know, everybody does, like we did, you know, thought we were going to come in. But we signed him on an injury and he was just sort of making a, you know, making an odd appearance here and there and then obviously went off of England and got and got injured. And at that point, you're kind of wondering, is he, is he worth having around? He's clearly not going to be a long-term thing for town. Um, do we just do we just send him back? Um, obviously, if he's close to fitness... Given you know what we've just talked talked about about you know potentially nailing these playoff spots, is it worth giving him a couple of games at ninety minutes? Doesn't particularly matter. Uh, Forty five minutes, you know, maybe a little bit more game time because he kind of comes on for 10, 15, 20 minutes here and there, which you can never really get into a game with, with such a small amount of time. Does he ever but come on when we're winning as well? I don't, I can't, I haven't got no, the stats to hand, but yeah, yeah, that go to guy that when you're losing, you know, bring. Bring someone on to try and get a goal. Um, he doesn't strike me as that sort of player. He, he needs to, you know, maybe feel his way into games and you know and get on ball and early and build a bit of confidence and stuff. Um, so yeah, I'd be looking at to, to play him if uh, if we can. And yeah, Carolighting again, probably very similar. Is he going to be looking to to play with us long term? If not, as Johnny says, we've got players that are signed to us field time a bit longer, and if they're deemed more capable at this point, then. You know, play them. It's all about at this point. You know, there's no room for bedding people in. It's got to be people that can come in and 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 do a job. Um, and if them two are up to it, then unfortunately, you know, they have to sit on bench. But I think, given 
you know, I keep saying when we you know when we qualify for the playoffs because we we probably will. It's a good opportunity to maybe get some minutes. The arrogance, the arrogance. I know, it's not like a chef, <laughs> chef, we- chef, Wednesday fan. Uh, <laughs> it's a really good opportunity though because if these guys are needed, uh, you know, someone gets an injury in one of the legs or needed to to play in the final because someone's knackered, then they need to be have you know recent minutes. So it's a good opportunity for Carlos to have a look at them and see what they've got. And that's probably a good good, uh, good place to finish the podcast as well. So sorry for the problems we've had online. It's throwing me completely as that, trying to fix that and, and host the podcast as well. But I'm sure we'll be back uh, in time for uh, the next instalment after the Barnsley game. Uh, speaking of the Barnsley game, uh, tune in later this week. I'm sure Brady will uh, will bring a new version of the warm-up out for you guys as well. So you can uh, get the, get that one under your uh, under your belt as well and, and tune up for uh, the Barnsley game, which is obviously on Friday night as well. Uh, Sky Sky Sports Terriers are uh, back in action again, aren't they? So, um, thanks everybody for for tuning in. Uh, sorry, we can't read any of your comments out because the um, like I say, the stream went offline and uh, and sadly it took the comments with them. So that's what uh, that's the shithousery I'm working with this week, unfortunately. But uh, thanks for everybody for being patient with us, and uh, we'll be back again in uh, in about a week's time. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. 
Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.